paint your hell. Okay, I think um, I'm in a seminar room. I'm being asked to uh, say what I think about a book, and I've probably read a little bit of it. Maybe there's like conversation going on about the book, but then, you know, the one of the people leading the conversation maybe turn to me and say, well, I'm curious what Mike thinks about that. And that just keeps happening. And the things that I say are wrong, you know. <laughs> they reveal probably that I haven't read the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely a good, an important part of it is that, like, I'm trying to fit in and I'm trying to uh, conceal. Maybe I'll try to, like, reference something that someone else said. But the... Things that I bring up, like, really show that I haven't read the whole book. Mm -hmm. So at a certain point when people keep saying, I'm curious what Mike thinks about that, is this becoming spiteful? <laughs> I mean, in my imagination, it's just like the, the thing just gets, I'm, I'm sort of like humiliated and revealed, but then it sort of resets. Each time they genuinely believe that you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And... Is this because it comes from, is this a memory? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what college was. <laughs> <laughs> the whole experience? Oh, it was really, no, not the whole experience, but, um, you know, a repeated experience. But I think it's like, it's... um. You didn't just read the book it's at like some a, point? Well, I'd try. Okay, okay. Sure, you know, sure, I'd sure. really try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, you know, it. I think it's like, that was just like a really... Uh, like rarefied version of something that is re that happens a lot, you know, mm -hmm. in your life that mm -hmm. I just fucking hate so much. Embarrassment. Yeah, embarrassment and just like being um exposed as, in some way you as know? ignorant. I mean, that one hurts. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that one hurts. Yeah, ignorant. Yeah, like, like, ignorant is correct in terms of, like, oh, I didn't read the thing, but also just being, like, too stupid to understand it or mm, something like that. Mm, you know what I mean? Okay. Incapable. A limitation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. for you to Welcome to This Is Your Afterlife, conversations with artists and activists about death and life. My name is Dave Marr. I'm a comedian in Chicago, and I host this show. I created this show. I, I, you gotta host it. You gotta host the show you create. My guest this week is Mike Brunleib. He is an improviser in Chicago, part of the legendary Chicago improv group Sand. We came up together. He was a few levels ahead of me at the old IO Theater Training Center and have been pals. And I have watched him audition for, I would say I'm, I'm a, a couple years behind him on on the the, the roles, the, the acting career. He, he booked a, a homeless guy role on Chicago PD in 2016. And I forget when my uh, homeless guy on Chicago Med was, but it, it was a little after that. So he's, he's, he's blazing a path, you know? But he genuinely is one of the best improvisers the city has ever seen. Truly. We have uh, a legendary improv dude. I won't tug the boat too much because he is my friend and he's also a great actor. Probably the two things, if you've seen him, you're most likely to have seen him in are The Joe Para Show, Joe Para Talks With You, and Southside. And I wasn't planning this to be an HBO Max, uh, you know, ad campaign, but both of those are available for streaming on HBO Max. So, you know, you might want to think about it. I just canceled my Netflix subscription, and it's only been like two days, but I'm feeling great about it, man. What's what's on there anymore? I don't need it. Need to I need to shave the subscriptions off my life. But hopefully convince you 
to add one being the Patreon for this show. Because if you are listening to the Patreon version of this episode, what you're about to hear is a lengthy, discursive conversation in which uh, Mike's daughter, Nina, is, is on his lap the entire show. And in the main feed, you may not be able to hear that. I think I've cut out the coughs. Uh, if not, I apologize. I'm a, I'm a one-man band here. But if you're listening on Patreon, you might hear some stops, some starts, some background noises. And I consider that stuff kind of fun. It feels more like a, like a field recording to me. Maybe I'm elevating it too much. But it just, I don't know. I, I think it seems fun. And you always get those full conversations when you subscribe to the Patreon. The Patreon is either five bucks a month or 15 bucks a month. I think of it as a kind of cheap coffee at this point or a cheap meal. If you're willing to pay for one of those things for me once a month, the likelihood is I'll actually use them on insulin. So you can really feel good about contributing to keeping artists alive in America. And I say things with a little smirk, and that's because if I were as sincere as I wanted to be, <laughs> baby, this would be getting, uh, it would be embarrassing for all of us. But the people who subscribe at the $15 a month level are the Pigeon patrons. Those Pigeon level patrons are Shuba Singh, John Lee, Debo, Susie Carroll, Fred Fidawa, Kurt Chang, and Katie Llewellyn. Thank you very much to them. Thanks to you for listening. If you are listening to the show and you have an idea that comes to you, if you listen to a question and you're like, I want to share my answer to this question, give me a call. 313-MISSED-URA. 313-647-8872. Leave me a voicemail and I will play it and respond on the show. Like I said, I'm an independent artist, so any word of mouth is very, very much appreciated. You can also help the show doing those things that seem like nothing, but are actually everything to us as creators and artists. Things like subscribing in your app, things like reviewing the show, things like rating the show. Would very much appreciate any of those things. Let me make sure I have not... Um, if I've... Yeah. I, I was I was looking to see if there's anything I need to promote for Mike, but he is off social media. So that's that's the kind of guy you're about to hear from, you know? Like that's that's what you got coming up. So and no no uh shows to speak of at the moment, but he always has things popping up. Sand, uh he and Thomas Kelly at this point are occasionally doing things, so I don't I don't know what to tell you. Keep keep your ear to the ground of Chicago Improv. Join a bunch of Chicago Improv forums. Don't do that. From experience. Maybe they're different now, but back in the day, just you don't need that that time suck in your life. But that is that's the intro for Mike Brunley. So let it let's let us hear the conversation between myself and and Mike Brunley. I grab your whip and take it back to Chi-Town. When I'm in Chi-Town, I treat it like it's What do you hope happens when you die? I mean, I hope, uh, I hope that I go to heaven. And okay. that there's like a, he- I mean, but I don't think that that's going to happen at all. Okay. Do you know what I mean? I don't think that, I think there's like a less than, Less than 5% chance. <laughs> That's pretty good. Though. Yeah, that is, I know. I was going to say less than 1%. I'm like, I don't want to be... I like that. But um, I think it's less than 5% that there that I that anything happens. I think probably, you know, not a big shock or whatever, but I think probably I, my consciousness just ends and that's it. But, okay. But, um, but uh, what does heaven look like? What would you? heaven be? It, it would be just kind of, uh, you know, your friends are there who are also dead. Yeah. And, um, and you just are like having a nice time together. You're like, you know, sitting around playing games, eating food and, okay. Uh, it's like a nice low key camping party. <laughs> camping. Okay. <laughs> what kind of camping? Just like, you know, the tents are set up already and you're mm-hmm. just like sitting by the fire or something like that, singing songs or something or playing a game or something. Is it what type of, 
terrain location in are we in? In the woods, but near near a lake. Near a are lake. we in cold? Yeah, okay, nice. and it's warm out. It's warm. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you have favorite oh, lakes? God, it'd be so nice if this really happened. Yeah. Right. Favorite lakes? Yeah. Like um, we've gone camping a lot, like in Wisconsin. So. There are a lot of little lakes in Wisconsin. Okay. Yeah. I think I've realized, someone asked me this recently, if I prefer lake to ocean. And I think I do. Yeah. Oh, that's not even a, a question. Well, if you're, you. if you're like going to be like uh, camping by it or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, man, I've never camped by the ocean. That's probably magical. That's probably awesome. Right, right, right. right. Now that I'm thinking about yeah, it, I've yeah, never yeah. done it. That probably yeah. is like incredible. Well, it's a hundred percent a a feature of growing up in mostly Oklahoma and Ohio, yeah. which do not have right. ocean beaches. Right. You know, um, could you do this? How long does this heaven last? I feel like, you know, oh, yeah, did you ever see the Star Trek movie, Star Trek Generations? I don't think so. Okay, it's, I won't do it, but it's like, it's the one that has, like, both Picard and Captain Kirk in it. Okay, okay. But there's, like, this thing called the Nexus, and, like, it's, like, this temporal event that, like, they the, the ship kind of, like, accidentally brushes up against this, like, this, you know, space-time abnormality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and... Captain Kirk gets sucked into it. Oh. And and then like they they go find him in it later and it's just like his sort of like he's like you know at some house in the country and there are horses around and he's like okay. cooking eggs or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's just like sort of outside of time, eternal. Mm-hmm. Great. Like okay. you're just always having the most like pleasant best experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's sort of what I Where yeah. are you a big Star Trek guy? Um, medium, you know, I've watched a lot of it, but I'm not like someone, and I read the whole encyclopedia when I was a kid, the There's Star Trek ex- encyclopedia. Is it online or is no, it? No, this like- was like before online. This okay. was like, yeah, got it at the bookstore. Wow. Just it's like, just one volume? Yeah. I mean, there's probably way more now. Sure, but, sure, sure. But this was like in the nineties or whatever. Yeah. Cause ever since diving into all of Survivor, I'm, Whoa. I'm looking for, I'm constantly on the lookout for like things with hundreds of episodes, real housewives yes. franchises. <laughs> Genuinely. Uh, where I've would I, where, amazing. where do, where do, where would you recommend I start? For, for Star Trek? For Star Trek. Oh man. Okay. So, well, so the, the, the ones that I've seen, I've seen the original series, a lot of them. I've seen a lot of Next Generation, you know, those are like the two big ones. Mm-hmm. And then I, when I was growing up, I saw some, of Star Trek Voyager, which is like the '90s reboot, which is like the late 90s. the lady captain. Yes, okay, Janeway. Janeway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so and then like right after Nina was born, I kind of like ended up watching a lot of the original again. Okay. Um, because I was like sort of interested in like filmmaking stuff, just like kind of learning more about filmmaking, mm-hmm. and they are so so fun to watch in that way because you just like. You know, when they need to, like, have someone caught in a temporal rift, it's like they cover a bunch of, like, big boxes with black felt and, like, have people... You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just so uh, uh, tangible and tactile and, like, practical. I guess, like, all practical effects, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so that was so... It's so fun to watch in that way. And it's very playful because it's, like, not able to, like... You know, they're kind of limited in what they're able to successfully execute. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's a, it's a little bit goofier and like more playful. And so I, I really enjoyed the what rewatching some of the original okay. series because yeah. it's the newer ones who let that like draw. I'm like, Ooh, this seems cooler, it seems like the mythology might be tighter or something, but. I wonder if it's kind of like, um, this probably isn't quite right, but like, you know, there's like the, um, the old, like the Adam West Batman, yeah, from, yeah, yeah, which is like so playful mm-hmm. and stupid and goofy and fun. And then there's like now there's Batman who's like so fucking right. cool. Yeah, he's so strong and cool. And 
we were, we were like so impressed by him. <laughs> and it's, I wonder if it's sort of the same yeah, idea yeah. where it's like just it now, the stuff now seems like it takes itself pretty seriously. I haven't seen the new stuff, but mm. just from previews, yeah, yeah. <laughs> previews that I've scoffed at. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. yeah. So anyway, I, I like the, the stuff that's like, like laughs at itself more. You yeah. Know? Why did you say heaven right away as opposed to something pleasant or something nice or, or just describing the situation? Did you grow up with a heaven hell concept? Are you um, like a Wisconsin I, Catholic guy? N- no. Okay. I, we grew up in, um, what what's called like the United Church of Christ? Okay, which is like a kind of, um, you know, it's it's like the same crew as like Unitarian type okay. people. Okay, where it's like, um, you know, like our 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 minister was gay and like so and and like you know, oh, trans cool, people cool, went man. there. So I I am actually, and I think I I grew up in that, and so that's why I think I'm as kind of progressive as I am. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but like, uh, but so I say that in a totally pure way, just to give, con- no, but, uh, just to give like context in terms of like the heaven hell thing was not a big part of it at all. But oh, we're aware okay. of, you know, I'm aware of the concept of heaven yes, hell. So I think yes. for this to answer your question, it was just like kind of using it as a stand in for that pleasant thing. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it was not growing up, it wasn't, uh, like something that I was ever afraid of or even looked mm. forward to because mm. it just wasn't really, it wasn't used as like a stick or a carrot for like good behavior at that church. What about funeral planning? Do you have, do any, I have, do you have funeral plans? What are they? What would they be? I imagine everybody has like little moments like that where you kind of think about. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's so. kind of the, the premise of asking the question is the <laughs> idea. that. <laughs> okay. So, oh, I remember a thing I thought a while ago that I wanted that I'm like pretty embarrassed to say, uh, but I'll give it to you. Okay. Um, it was like wanting people to do some kind of like improv performance at my funeral amazing yeah like wanting scott and thomas to like do some kind of like improv thing at my funeral would it involve impressions of you at all oh i no i did not imagine okay that. i don't okay. know what it even would be you know what i mean you can't just get a suggestion and do an unrelated <laughs> improv set <laughs> at my funeral. So i don't quite remember what my idea was i think i also remember like maybe wanting remember if this was part of it or not but like having everybody do some kind of you know i like do all these spolen games and stuff yeah so like having everyone do some kind of like game together or something or some mm. kind of activity together that seems like, like a nice ritual to start out a funeral yeah with. yeah is there a specific viola spolen it would have theater to be game something that you... i i'm trying to think of something that like wouldn't be too asking too much of like my uncles and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know? Although, dude, if you're... It's your funeral. If it's your funeral, and you can, if you're worried about uncles, yeah. it's, it's younger generations yeah. that are going to mostly be there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe... Um, and if there's anything about Generation Z that I know, it's that they're very heavy into improvisation for the theater. <laughs> The seminal viola uh, spolen text. Loves it. Yeah, definitely got to call it seminal too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, um, it's a big thing on TikTok. Yeah, that's what I've heard. <laughs> I'm not on TikTok, so I in don't a way, know. every TikTok dance is a theater game. It's it's really true. I mean, I think, and I keep trying to tell people that, that right? Like, it's that w- what you're doing. It's already all there in the book. Exactly. It's all there now. Just learn what it's called <laughs> learn the language that you're already using but um i don't know i mean you know the so like the mirror game is a pretty good one okay that would be like intense though can you imagine like looking somebody in the eye like for like two minutes and doing a mirror at a funeral <laughs> that would be awful you know but kind of great so i don't know there's like also some games. <laughs> There's one you could do. 
it's called taste and smell okay. where, where you split into two halves and each half decides together on a meal that they're going to be pretending to eat. Okay. And then you, you know, the first group one goes up yeah, and they all eat the meal and group two watches and they try to figure out what they're eating. Whoa, cool. That could be kind of fun. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So I don't know. I gotta. I guess I have to give that one some more thought. And um, and you, I mean, I understand being embarrassed of wanting an improv performance. But what for a lot of what, reasons, <laughs> yeah. But what makes you want it? I guess I just think about like what would I, um, what would I like honestly want? Um, I mean, part of it's probably like. Like you said, it's your funeral, so it's like the time you really get to pick. Yeah. You know, what you can make other people do. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I don't have any desire. I have zero desire for people to like, you know. I mean, I understand funerals. It's like you, the idea is it's like it's space for everybody to feel sad, mm-hmm. um, to kind of process. And that stuff is not really about you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it but, isn't and isn't yeah but um i don't know i get. i guess it's a thing like maybe part of it is it's like a thing that i've done a lot of but that like i think my family doesn't you know my my parents have like seen one of my improv shows or a couple of them so mm-hmm. they but it's like it's just like a part of what i do that i think like no my my family hasn't experienced it all and so maybe that part of it would be kind of nice to like give my family some sort of experience of it and i also just think it's really cool so i'd be like happy for people to have some kind of but i mean it's like i and i totally of course understand it's like very weird to like sure. do that at a but it's funeral, like understanding but... you yeah from or the inside I mean, yeah in yeah it's like reading your diaries except instead of if you if if what you did was keep a lot of diaries, <laughs> it would just be everyone write in a diary right now. Is, is, right. This, is this making sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, knowing you not through like, the someone, content of yeah. what. Oh, here's what his characters were like. It's just like here is a habitual thing he did. Yeah. Learn what it felt like for him, and maybe in the process, why he did it. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, because it, right, it's like if if writing in a diary is like you're just asking people to take time to reflect in whatever way they want to reflect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it would be similar, maybe just like kind of being like, you know, have this experience with, uh, that I that I think is a cool experience. You're just mm-hmm. kind of like asking everyone to yeah. engage with that. Yeah, you know, my grandpa. I, I liked what he did where he, he did just kind of like, you know, the funeral part of it was like 15 minutes or something. Mm-hmm. And then everybody just hangs out and has food and, and drinks and stuff. And yeah. it feels more like a wedding or something. Sure. And so that's like definitely what I would want it to be like. In terms Is there of a like, specific place or catering or people or anything I'm thinking about like as I'm just like thinking about it now, maybe like something by water would be nice. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but that's yeah. just kind of like what's coming into my head. Food. I mean, if it's just like ha- make everybody have my favorite foods, uh-huh. I, I would just like have it be like a, have like grills grills out, and you're just like making hot dogs and polishes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be really fun. Yeah, and. And then maybe I'd like have my my a good friend of mine from growing up who's like just like he all my music taste kind of came from him or a lot of it. Uh-huh. Maybe I'd like have him like DJ it. That would be kind of okay. fun. Yeah. Okay. Or just like do the music, you know. Like what kind of stuff? Man, I don't what know. What is your music taste? I actually don't know. Um Well, I, I I mean I listen to like it's boring, but I mean I listen to like almost like just about everything, you know. Okay. How do you how do you answer that question? Uh, how do I answer my music taste? Well, a a, a common thread that I found 
in college or actually just after graduating, I like a lot of things that are both loud and pretty. Oh, that's good. Okay, and that, that can encompass me. a lot of me. things. But I also recently have been listening to a lot of ambient music. Because I listen to a lot of ambient music, too. Yeah. Yeah, like... Kind of everyone listens to ambient music these days, but I take it seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I would... I'm glad you said that, because I'm... Just to make clear, there's no way I'm close to your level of, like... Well, yeah, I mean, I know labels, I know history, I know where this is coming from. I know that stuff, too, but yeah. Okay, okay. Well, no, I'm just kidding. I don't know that. (laughs) Um, But, um... Yeah, I mean, okay, so here's something, like, like I feel like I used to listen to, like, a lot sadder music, and then I feel like Meg kind of shamed me out of it. Okay. Yeah. Before I Because Meg left, has, like, really good music taste, yeah. Okay, yeah. interesting, because before I left, Hope was listening to some some happy, upbeat song, and she has told me that a lot of the music that I listen to, another common thread, she calls it creepy spa. <laughs> and it sounds like being in a creepy spa to her. And I genuinely, That's I was awesome. like, yeah, I don't have any music like this. I don't, uh, don't listen to any uplifting music. So I know what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that reminds me, like I sometimes will host people, like groups of people at my house to play Magic the Gathering. Yes. Like a big, we'll get a big crew together and play a bunch of Magic. And I'll sometimes just put on my, um, my Spotify liked songs. Yeah. And I've like been made fun of many times for like, there'll be like eight sad songs in a row. I'll be like, are you okay? (laughs) Check in if I'm okay. And I'm like, isn't this what everybody listens to? Yeah. Is it, was it, was it sad piano jazz? Is it sad? No, just like some forlorn, you know, like a, like a Nico song or something Mm, or mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. you know, a Bonnie Vare song or something. I don't know if I have those in my, I know I've got some Nico in my like songs now, but Yeah, 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 you know, just like some, and the funeral is when that stuff really pays off. <laughs> I mean, it turns out you've been like prepping your whole life yeah, for a right. funeral place. No, you can't have sad songs at your funeral. You can have a couple, maybe. You can have like one important one. Yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Because if you're doing more than that, like you're really like shepherding people. It's like you're really trying to get people to the. Yeah, you're you're pimping the emotion to- <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to ask you to relive one memory because in my last one man show, I put forward this premise that in the afterlife, you get to fully relive one memory, like a door you can open and close a room you can step into whenever you want. You have to choose just one. If that were the case, what would yours be? Wow. Oh, that's so brutal, man. Why? You don't have to sum up your whole life. Well, no, no, no. I just mean like, because I've got like two or three from different parts of my life. Sure. And it's like really hard. But I know that that's the joy of this question is to like have to choose one. And you right? could, a different day, you choose another. And also just so Wait, you... on a different day, you can choose another? Well, I'm not, this isn't a multi-day interview. Oh, oh, I thought you meant like in the afterlife. No, 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 no. (laughs) And, and, and that leads into the other thing that I was going to say, which is this isn't, um, going to happen. You know, this is a, this is a hypothetical situation. So I I just want to take the pressure off you a little bit. Okay. And I appreciate this because we're getting a lot of really good room tone right now. You can cut all this shit out. I know, I'm joking. (laughs) I mean, okay, this is... uh, It would just be probably like... um, Like a couple weeks ago, um, I'd gone... Like, Meg and I do this thing where, like... um, We don't do it as often as we both would like to, but we're like one of us will get a weekend to just kind of like have to ourselves. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's like such an amazing recharge. Like it's amazing. But like, so I had done mine 
and I was uh, coming home, and uh, it's like I mean probably I'm gonna I'm getting emotional because like Nina's sitting on my lap and she's asleep, so it's like you know I'm like in my most tender spot that yeah, I could be in, but yeah. it was just like I just come home and uh, and Nina just like ran, you know, like down the hallway and. <laughs> but she's just like you know she's like papa papa and just like ran to me and and like hugged me I'm trying to compose myself but it's okay but yeah it was just like It was just like really special, you know. Just that moment. Yeah, I think so. Do I get more? <laughs> no, I just mean okay. I so I just get like a little short moment. I I what is this is there a reason that it's this specific time? Um I think it's just like, um, part of it's probably because like, partially because of COVID and also just the way that we've all been parenting, like there hasn't been, you know, like I'll go out to like see friends or to do shows or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's not like we don't, we're never apart, but, um, you know, we've had very, very few times where we've been apart for like more than a day or a couple days. Right. Um, and so... It's just like, um, I think it, you know, it's, it was a thing from like not that long ago and I'm, I'm like holding Nina and so I'm sure there's like a lot of hormonal and chemical things sure, going sure. on with me right now. But, um, but, uh, yeah, it's just, um, it's just like a moment like, I think because we haven't like spent that much time apart, it was like a moment that like stood out of like, oh, like she missed me and I missed her. Mm -hmm. And where it was like a kind of like coming together where she was like excited to really excited to see me. And because your other weekends you hadn't taken out of the house. We just haven't done. I think I've only had two. Okay. Of them. Okay. And Meg's had like two. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, yeah. And can you put words <laughs> to the feeling? Why are you laughing? I'm just reflecting on it. It's like, probably seems weird. It's just like, yeah, it, it seems up. totally weird. No one, I can't possibly understand why you would choose oh, this memory. I don't know. It just, it's like, seems like probably pretty a common thing. But anyway, we'll keep going. Well, yeah, yeah. You, the, the goal of this conversation should be for you to define yourself in contrast to all of humanity <laughs> and to find in something every, really cool yeah and really cool. that's the that's good. the thing about this people listen to the afterlife podcast <laughs> by the fucking coma guy for 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 cool stuff but um what can you put words to the feeling that was happening man it's so i was thinking about that it's like so oh, bud. um Nina's asleep, which is yeah, yeah buddy. Um, it's like, uh, hey, why don't you come over here? We'll go down like this. There you go, buddy. Um, okay, so it's like uh, I really don't know how to say it, but I'll just uh, whatever. So like, um, it's this person who you like love so much. And, um, and also like, you know, you've like put a lot of work into them, yeah. <laughs> you know, so like you feel very proud of them and, um, and they're just like really happy to see you. 
And I think it's like, um, I don't know how to explain it better than that, but it's just like, it's like somebody who you just feel like this, like really strong connection with. And, and it's like something really simple, you know, like they're like, it's just, they're like happy that you're home. And, uh, the feeling, the feeling is like, um, I don't know. It's just like joy, I guess, you know, you're just like, it's just like being like reunified. And it's like, I was gone for a weekend, you know, it's not like gone for (laughs) five years or something, but it's like, it's just like, you know, you're gone, you missed someone and then you kind of, there's like the reunification and you're just kind of like, you're really happy to see them and they're really happy to see you. And it just feels like so clean kind of, Mm. you know what I mean? Where it's just like, there's nothing complicated about it. It's just like a kid, like a little kid who's really happy to see you. And yeah. And so it's like, it's your kid, you know? So I don't know. Yeah. Did you know it was coming when you walked in the door? Not really, you know? And I don't, I don't, I definitely am getting like, I, you know, I might have like teared up a little bit, but I, de- I, I'm crying about it more now, like for reflecting sure. on it. For sure. You for know, sure. but, um, do you, was it right when you walked in the door? Did you have to turn any corners? Yeah, was there a moment I, when I think you could I, hear her before you yeah, saw you her? Yeah, you hear those steps for sure. And, uh-huh. and you hear her voice, you know, and it's, yeah, it's just like, Papa, Papa, Papa. And yeah. She's like running over and. <laughs> I mean, probably also, <laughs> I'm like so emotional about it because it's like in the context of being dead, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And like not, um, yeah. So maybe that's part of it too. I think I'm like surprised by my reaction a little bit, <laughs> like that I'm having such a strong reaction to it. But yeah. It, it's, I'm not. Well, I'm just, I'm a guy, you know, I'm like a cool guy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What's your coma in the sense of a moment could be grandiose, could be utterly mundane where before you were one version of yourself and after you were another. Okay. You got say it that one, one more time. Yeah. 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 Listen, dude, I'm going to need you to spin on a dime. Okay. When, <laughs> when, when a new question happens, you stop crying and you get your head in the game. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, um, cramping. Oh, oh no. <laughs> shit. Fuck. That hurts. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. So the question is, what's your coma? Okay. What's my coma? Some, some moment of transformation. Where before you were one version of yourself and after you were another. Okay. And so just to make sure I understand. Yeah. Um, are you asking kind of like from my past, what was the thing that like an event or something that led to a transformation in my past? Yeah. Okay. What would it, what else would it be? I didn't know if you're saying like, like you're going to go into a coma. Who do you want to come out as? <laughs> Oh, oh, interesting. No, yeah, no, yeah. No, okay, no. okay. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. You can also just talk about the effect that I've had on you and, and different ways <laughs> I've changed you. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, if I'm just going to be 100% real, Dave, you are. Yeah. You're my coma. Yeah. Yeah. And not my coma, just the moment we met. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I think um, maybe one is uh, I... um. After I finished school, I moved to, um, so I grew up in Milwaukee. I went to school in New Mexico. And then after school, I like had heard that like there was a lot of theater in Minneapolis. And I knew I kind of wanted to do theater stuff. So I moved to Minneapolis Mm. by myself. And I remember thinking like um, when I was in, in college, I remember like, this is going to make almost no sense, but it was like reading Nietzsche. Okay. <laughs> and, and, you know, like wanting to kind of like 
you know, let go of who I was, um, feeling like my, feeling like my identity was kind of like existed in what felt like at the time, like too much in relation to other people, like that it was sort of more constructed to please other people or something and feeling like I'm going to go alone to this place where I don't know anybody and I'm going to like let go of all that Mm. stuff. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And you read the whole book of Nietzsche. (laughs) Man, (laughs) if you want to know the truth, no, (laughs) <laughs> no, I do. But I wrote so, my thesis on it oh and still didn't God, write read the whole thing. God. Which book? Well, I wrote my thesis on um uh on um Beyond Good and Evil. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh The Birth of Tragedy. Okay. Yeah. I mean at a certain point classroom discussion teaches you more than you would get from reading I think you're absolutely right. In a vacuum. I think you're absolutely right, Dave. I, are you being serious or not? Because I am <laughs> well, no, being serious. I, 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 I do think, I mean, I think I know that's how I learn better. Yeah. But, um, but it's also like convenient for me who of like course, didn't do my work. But, you know? if you, but if I don't yeah. know what I'm reading. Yeah. Well, that's how the whole, you're a hundred percent right. Cause yeah. that's like how the whole experience for me felt like that where I'm like, I feel like I've got no context for this. And at the school I went to, we only read like, we didn't read secondary sources. We mm-hmm. only read like the things. Right. And like there were the kids there who were the children of philosophy professors oh my God. who like knew where all this shit fit in. They grew up with secondary sources. Yes. And so yeah. the rest of us were just kind of like, well, I shouldn't say there's some people were just really good at it, but anyway, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. 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 But okay. So, so the moment was yeah, so reading I moved Nietzsche there. or was no, moving to Minneapolis? No, moving to Minneapolis. Okay. And, um, and I remember just like that reminds me of something where I remember talking, there's this professor I really admired at my school. And I remember like talking to them and being like asking them about like what I'd read in Nietzsche. Cause I knew that he was like into it mm-hmm. and being like, is this, t- is this stuff real? Like, is it, is this stuff he says real? Whoa. And he says, yeah, it is. like in terms of like finding kind of like finding your authentic. Yeah you know, whatever. And he's like, it is real. And and he's like, he's like, you should go out and you should go on the road and just see what happens. And I remember him saying to me, he's like, Hey, the worst thing that can happen is that you'll die. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, I guess that's right. You know what I mean? My God. Yeah. He's like, the word, just think the worst that's going to happen is that you'll die. And it was like, I mean, it is sort of a relief in a way. <laughs> I know what you're saying. He was like this. I... This guy was like this fucking. He like looked like R. Crumb, the cartoonist. Oh wow! Like okay. big, lanky. Yeah, yeah. Kind of yeah. like big glasses. Yeah. And was like so sarcastic and cynical, but like you know, good-hearted guy. Yeah. But like, yeah. Anyway, but so. And the best that'll happen is you'll find a bunch of big sweaty butts to, yeah. <laughs> to cartoon <laughs> right. about on the way. <laughs> But, um, so anyway, I just remembered that, that, but like, so then I went to Minneapolis and, um, the moment I think was like, um, just, you know, I just spent a lot of time very lonely and crying, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which you guys have heard. (laughs) So it sounded like that, but, um, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've got some like pretty distinct memories of like the, you know, when I first moved there before I had had any of my stuff in this apartment, just like sitting on the floor of the empty apartment, kind of like crying. And, but I think just like overall, the experience is just like a lot of isolation and a lot of loneliness and a lot of, um, really longing for connection. And I, I only stayed there for a year, but you know, um, and I just think what, you know, in terms of like what the transformation was, I mean, I think it was kind of, it was two things. One was like, um, feeling a lot more confidence in terms of like self-reliance, like mm. having kind of like been there, you know, I was like, I'd, I'd worked before I'd had jobs, but mm-hmm. like, I'd never had to really like, you know, I was, I was 22 and I'd never had to like support myself. And right. so being able to do that 
to the extent that I did, you yeah. know, was, I think felt really cool and felt good. But then I think the other thing was just like really, really, really wanting community. And like, ironically, I mean, that was like, I took an improv class near the end of my time okay. there. And that was like, um, you know, in improv class, you get like so connected with everybody so fast. And I just remember feeling like so grateful yeah, <laughs> for like yeah. the... But then why didn't you stick there instead of moving to Chicago? Well, I'd already decided oh, that okay. I was going to leave. And uh, some friends of mine who lived in Chicago in this apartment. Whoa. That we're had, in. Had one of these, that room open. Wow. For the summer. Because one of them was a firefighter. And he'd go Whoa. every summer. He'd like go out west to go fight fires. So they had this room open for the summer. So I was just going to come for the summer and then go back to Minneapolis. Wow. But I just never went back. And I'd packed all my shit up and yeah. moved it. But yeah. Yeah. And, and so what, were you aware that improv existed in Chicago. Well, in the I, same way? I, yeah, I kind of, I was, but I, I think when I did that class, it was just like, I did the class just like because I wanted to like audition for plays and stuff. Yeah. You yeah. know, and then I like really loved the improv class and I like loved doing like comedy stuff, like, you know, when I was younger, just like I loved goofing around yeah, and stuff. Yeah. You know, but anyway, yeah. So, so did that make you the, 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 the transformation is that you just knew those things? You knew that you could take care of yourself and you knew that you were seeking a community at that time? Or did, is it the kind of thing where you're like, now I actively constantly think about seeking community in whatever I'm doing? Well, I think it changed my idea of what your, what my authentic self was, quote unquote. Okay. Because I think, and I don't know that I had that thought fully formed when I left there, but I think that it was like, I think I had some idea that like your real self is determined in isolation away from everyone else. That's your real self. Ooh. You know what I mean? Like, Ooh. oh, that's the pure self is like yeah. when you're not needing, I need, I, like, I need to know who I am apart from all these other people who are, you know, who I'm pleasing. Yeah. And I don't think that that's a hundred percent false, but I think there's like a thing that I found a couple of years ago that like put the other perspective into like more clarity for me. And it was like a Paul Sills thing who was saying that like the self, damn it. I'm not gonna remember the quote, but it was like the, the concept is like the self, um, the, the the true self emerges in community. Mm. And and that was just like a thing that like really resonated with me. And I feel like that like leaving that year of like wanting to like find out who I was or something. I don't know if this is making any sense at it all. It does. It oh, makes total okay. sense. It okay, total okay. Sense. Yeah. Like good. <laughs> like coming out of that year of like I'm going to find my real self. And I mean, definitely learning a lot about myself from that year for right, sure. Right, right. But like, just like realizing like I didn't want to be alone. I didn't, I mean, most people don't, right? But like, sure. but like that and, and not feeling like I needed to, um, find that by in this kind of, yeah, in this other way, I guess. Yeah. And was that the, was the, Pursuing the self in isolation. Was that the Nietzsche idea? It was my version of it. Didn't read the whole book. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, like the, my, you know, my fucking version, my incomplete version of it being that, like, you know, we have all the, and this is perfect that I'm like now trying to recall my forgotten version of it that was already yeah. incomplete to begin with. But, yeah, yeah. but just the, what it was, I think, was like, that like, you know, we have all these structures and ideologies that we inherit and that we carry mm -hmm, with us mm -hmm, without realizing mm -hmm. it. And so the, it's like a project to kind of identify and unpack and divorce yourself from those things. And I don't know that that's something that has, that's essentially about isolation, but it was something that I felt like I wanted to be able to get a closer look at it or something right. like that. I well, because mean, you felt some sort of social pressure, right. even, even your embarrassment thing is a social 
hundred percent. Yeah. What is what is that in you? Well, it's just it's just um, well, it's just, I'm saying it's just like I have clarity on it. It's sure. like it's like uh, you know, it's like some imposter syndrome and some shame and uh, and you know, a fear of being uh, exposed and and you know, f- uh, feeling like you're not. Oh, man, I'm trying to not like overstate it. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's just probably like a fear of, of um, you know, a a, a a fear that you're not good enough in some way. Yeah, and then a fear that will then be discovered and exposed to everybody. Right. Yeah. Right. And I feel like that's probably everybody has that. Sure. It doesn't extent. feel like tied to some specific trauma or something like that. I mean, sure. It's like it's. I was attacked as a boy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> ha, ha, ha. No, uh, I uh, no, but it's you know. I think um, I was actually thinking about this the other day because I was cleaning out our back porch. And mm-hmm. so I have all these boxes that I'd gotten from my mom's basement like six months ago. Okay. Just she was cleaning. Right. So I was kind of going through it. And it was very funny because uh, no joke, I like I found some old report cards and I found my report card from first grade. And it was like so – it was they had like, you know, three things to work on. And swear to God, they were like the things that I still have. And it was Dude. just like first fucking grade. Like what? They nailed like it. Like what were the things? So they have like, it's broken down by quarter. So Q1, Q2, yep, yep. Q3, Q4. They put a check mark next to skills that you need to work on. Uh-huh. Check marks in all four quarters for needs to complete work on time. First grade. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know we had that in first grade. Like homework. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, struggled with it then, struggle with it now. And then, um, and then we wish that Mike would speak up to share his own ideas in class more. Uh, and that was the problem at my, at my college. Always. I just would be very afraid of speaking in front of people. Uh, and then it's funny. I could do like a presentation. Fine. It's not like if I know what I'm going to say, you know, (laughs) but I mean, and that was obviously a big reason why I wanted to do improv was because I was like, so paralyzed by this and ashamed of it in college. Well, and it's so funny because one thing that's not getting captured on microphone is like eye contact exchanges that we're having. (laughs) And I just felt another one where you were trying to read what I was thinking. Um, Is that, does that ring true? I'm sure it's true. I just don't even know. I mean, you definitely said it where you're like, am I, you know, early, I don't know if it's like way earlier where you're, yeah. But so that's, happening there but but the but what i was thinking was that's so interesting because and i'm gonna need you to just take this right now because i'm not i'm i'm speaking as objectively as possible many people in chicago would say that you are one of the best improvisers in the city their favorite improviser they've ever seen. And, and I will say, because I'm not among those people, (laughs) (laughs) but what I, okay, back to series. But what I will say is you are full of that, 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 that report card feedback doesn't ring true at all on stage. Well, I know that's the funny thing. And like, whenever I tell people about, like I was talking to a friend from college a few weeks ago. Yeah. And he was like, that makes no sense. Because we were talking about that exact thing. Right, right, right. Of like being unable to talk. And I think it's like, um, you know, I was definitely had a ton of anxiety doing improv too. I would like throw up before shows. Wow. At Quenchers. Like I thought people couldn't hear me throwing up. Turns out everybody could hear me. (laughs) Because the bathroom's right by that room. Amazing, yeah. And so, but then that faded away, you know, just like... Just by like, you know, fucking slamming your head into the wall Mm -hmm. enough times. But like, um, so maybe I would have gotten to that place with seminars or something if 
I had just kept doing it. Mm. But four fucking years of it, you hope you yeah. figure it out, yeah. you know? Yeah. So maybe not. But I think the thing that's different between the two is that I, this is how I've like intellectualized it is like improv. The reason I love it. One of the things I love about it is you are rescued and forgiven by virtue of its immediacy. Mm-hmm. Different than like, Certainly different than writing. Yeah. In writing, you had time to fix it and make it better. Sure. And sure, you are sure, to sure. blame yeah. if it's, yes, yes. if it is lacking, you know, and improv, it's like all the only choice you have, right? Is to just like keep moving forward. Your idea can be bad or, or not enough. And it's just like, there's no. You know, it's fine. And, yeah. and there's no time to worry about it. It doesn't feel good when it's bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's like, you know, oh well, you know? Right. And I, I, I wish I, I'd be able to like see other things in that way, you know, to be able to mm. like, to be like, be as forgiving about other things as, as you're forced to be in improv, you know? But like, uh, like in a seminar, what felt different was, um, for one, it's you speaking as yourself, you know. Yeah. Um, and then the other th- piece I think is like, you've got, there's, there's, you know, 20 people in there. So you're speaking a 20th of the time. And so you should have, I, I felt pressure to have something good to say Oof. when I did speak or yeah. something useful. Yeah. And so the things when I would, like the three times a semester when I would talk Ugh. at the end of the semester when I didn't want to get kicked out of the school yeah. was like, um, I think on page 47, he mentioned something similar to that, you know, just something unassailable that is like, this is a contribution. I'm like saying the thing that the author, but just like not, you know, being too afraid to say my own. Well, and what's funny thing. is artistically, the original voice that you've honed is very often a debased embarrassed <laughs> pay pig just a pig of some sort I, you know i think i've literally described you to to friends of mine who don't know you at all not in a way where i think they'll ever meet you but i just say oh there's a performer friend who's always and, and i'll be like I'll have done something that reminds me of you yeah, before yeah. I even, you know, just, oh, please like, give it to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is the stuff that it's I'm like actually not going to say because yeah. Nina's asleep. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, it's but, okay. but, yeah. You, but you are getting to uh, the, the, the contribution is a grotesque exaggeration of your fear of contribution. I mean, that's definitely in there. Yeah, that's definitely, definitely, definitely. And yeah, I don't mean in that's there. it. No, 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 no. And I don't mean to say that there's, you know, I'm not. But but yeah, I'm just I'm saying it that way because I'm kind of processing it as you. Right, yeah. right, right. Um, I think like because um, you're also making me realize it's like, you know, as somebody who kind of goes through, um, or has gone through, you know, with a lot with like. You know, everybody goes through life with fear. That's like everybody yeah, does. Sure. But just like, just thinking about other things I do, like, like loving like bullies and demons, mm-hmm. you know, and just like, uh, you know, the, the people, my oppressors or something, my imagined oppressors. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, just like that's the other side of the coin or something where it's like, I think that that probably captures about 85% of what I do on stage is like either the, person who's been ground down <laughs> or the person doing the grinding. And yeah. Like, yeah. 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 That is the show. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to Mike Brunlieb. Thank you to Nina for sitting on his lap the whole time, getting him to, to cry in that moment. I, I, I want to make fun of, the fact that this is the kind of show where people can cry while also in the moment genuinely making space for people to cry. So I don't know what to say to do that. Instead, I'll just be meta and and say that. 
Go to patreon.com slash Dave Marr. Tell people you think might like the show. And until next week, remember, you are a mist. You are human. Only human. Only human.